Good day there, Jess here. Welcome or welcome back to the Create and Thrive podcast for another episode. This is episode 273 of the show and today I have an interview for you. I am so excited to share this episode for you for, with you because it was fantastic. I am actually interviewing Kate All and she is the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media, which is a Pinterest marketing and management company. Through their work with over 700 Pinterest accounts, they take a data-driven approach to crafting a Pinterest strategy that aims to help their clients and students find their perfect person on Pinterest. And uh, Kate's very active teaching as well about Pinterest through speaking engagements, through her own podcast, the Simple Pin Podcast. And today I have her on the show and we are speaking all things Pinterest for handmade business. I actually learned some stuff from this episode because like all social media and uh, search platforms, it's always changing. So Pinterest, they're always changing things, they're always updating things. And uh, it's good to listen to these people who are the experts who keep up with this stuff. And Kate definitely is that. So we talked about how to succeed now at the end of 2021 on Pinterest, what you need to do, what you don't need to do anymore. Uh, Things have definitely changed since the beginning days of Pinterest, which was like a decade ago. And we just chatted through all that specifically aimed at us the handmade business community, people who are working by themselves on their businesses. So this is going to be perfect for you if you want to rejig your Pinterest strategy or start Pinterest for the first time, or you kind of don't know if you're doing it right uh, for the modern times and how Pinterest is working right now, you know, answering questions like, do hashtags matter on Pinterest? Should you repin other people's stuff? All sorts of stuff like that. We're going to be answering those questions in this episode. I hope you really enjoy it. Before I get into that, I just wanted to remind you that uh, this week I am running a live online workshop on pricing. So if you need some help with your pricing, this is going to be a workshop for you. So it is the art and science of pricing your handmade goods. If you're listening to this after Thursday, the what's the date today? The 26th. I think it is Thursday, the 28th of October. Then the workshop has been on already. But as with all my workshops in the Thriver Circle, it is recorded. It will be up and ready for you to watch and take at your own pace in your own time. And uh, it'll, I'll take you through in that workshop the two sort of key parts of pricing. You need to do the science, the maths, and then you need to do what I call the art or pricing with the heart. And that's when it comes to branding and brand positioning and, and stuff, looking at the market and your ideal customer and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to be covering all of that in detail in that workshop. So go check that out. If you want to, you can head on over to thrivercircle.com, sign up uh, for membership over there. Remember, it is pay by the month. So you can always just sign up for a month and go do the workshops you want to do, like have yourself a little learning time and then you can cancel your membership if you want. Of course, I'd love for you to stick around and be part of our community. And as being part of the membership, you do get my year long course, Your Year to Thrive which is a course that will take you through everything you need to know to start and grow a profitable and successful handmade business. And that one is one lesson a week for 52 weeks. And you get that alongside all of the video workshops that are available in there, the live workshops each month, live calls and chats and all sorts of all sorts of stuff and support and educational content to help you really thrive with your handmade business. 
So you can go check that out again over at thrivercircle.com. Big shout out to all the members of the Thriver Circle. They are how this podcast is possible. Without their support, I wouldn't be able to continue spending the time running this podcast and uh, my YouTube channel. So thank you so much to the members for your support. Okay, shall we get on with it? Let's dive into this episode and my interview with Kate Earl. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. I'm here today with Kate Arl. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm super excited to chat with you because we're going to be talking all things Pinterest. And I think this is such an important topic for handmade business owners. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Pinterest as a way to market your business and I use it myself. In fact, it's one of the top referrers of traffic to my websites. And especially for anyone out there who doesn't love social media, you know, if you're not really into Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever else, um, Instagram. Uh, Pinterest is such a great way to market your business without necessarily having to be in that space so much. Uh, so yes, I'm very excited to talk that. Before we get into the nitty gritty, just so people know who you are and why you are so good at Pinterest, can you let us know how you got into being the Pinterest expert? Yeah, it started back in 2010. Actually, I was helping a friend with her website and she asked me to also help do Facebook. And at the time, Facebook was a really generous algorithm. It would show everybody everything if you were a business. And then in 2013, it suddenly completely crashed. And also overlaying this at the same time, my husband has lost his job. I have three kids. We were living on food stamps. And in 2013, we were running out of unemployment here and really had no backup income. And so I was sitting at her table one day and she said, you should manage people's Pinterest pages because everybody's trying to find a way to move from Facebook to another platform. And right now, Pinterest has a generous algorithm. So you should manage it for them. And I said, that's the dumbest idea ever. Nobody's going to go for it. (laughs) And she was like, you don't have any money, so you should just try it. She was right. So I dove into learning how to do Pinterest marketing in late 2013. And then in 2014, I started Simple Pin Media with a goal to really help business owners understand how to do Pinterest, but not make it so all-consuming. Because I I had that frame of reference with people who are business owners, especially online business owners, have a lot of different things and product sellers too. And so I started with three beta clients and I told them like, give me all the feedback. Tell me everything you like, everything you don't like. And after those three months, they said, we love it. We're actually going to tell our friends and tell more people. And then it really snowballed from there. So almost eight years later, I have a team of almost 40. We manage for over 120 clients and we have an education side and it's turned into a full-fledged company (laughs) all around Pinterest marketing. So that's the short and brief story of how I got here. That's fantastic. And I love how you've grown it so much. Um, I, I think I've been aware of you for a very long time, Simple Pin Media for a very long time. So that's why I was so excited to to have you on the show today to talk about this because you've been in you've been in there in the trenches for so long and you've seen all the iterations and the changes that Pinterest has gone through, uh, which it has gone through a lot over the years. And how like when I started on Pinterest kind of yeah, back in the day, 2010, 2011, it was very easy to gain traction and to gain followers because 
because it was such a small platform and you know everybody got to see everything the old days where they showed everybody everything oh man and it's just so different now so for those out there who are you know just getting started with pinterest or they just don't feel like they understand how to get traction on the platform that's the sort of stuff we're going to be talking about today so can we just start with let's just start at the beginning if somebody is completely new to pinterest what do they need to know about what pinterest is that's a great question so i always tell people pinterest is a search and discovery platform so we Mm -hmm. think of it like a sister to google or even to youtube the intent is the same people go there to find information or to get solutions to problems or dream when it comes to pinterest there's a little more element of dreaming, right? Whether it's Mm -hmm. travel or purchasing products or fashion or anything like that, people go to Pinterest to essentially gather as many ideas as possible to their boards so that they can purchase closer to the date when they want to take an action. So what we say is that Pinterest users, they're cold to us. They're not really interested in who we are, like an Instagram or even a TikTok. They're really interested in how you serve them because the intent of how they approach the platform is what can I get out of this for me? And they're mm-hmm. also not interested in conversation, which is why we tell, we call it a search and discovery platform because people discover new ideas and they search for new ideas. So that's really what Pinterest is, is this amazing platform where people can discover great ideas and save them in a way that you really can't save ideas on any other platform. It's like the Mm -hmm. old school binders where we would take out pictures (laughs) from magazines and tuck them into binders. That's essentially what Pinterest is. And that's why it's so incredibly powerful for our industry. So handmade, the handmade industry, because so many of us are producing products that are in some way aspirational or related to some sort of event. Like people are buying gifts for birthdays. People are doing wedding planning. People are doing party planning. You know, people are designing their their dream home. Like all of these sorts of things that people go on there to do. So many of our products can slot into those dream scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. And really the key is figuring out, which we're going to talk about today, that how to do it in a way that doesn't make it all consuming. Because we also like to say that Instagram is such a high engagement platform. It requires Mm. a lot of time. Well, Pinterest doesn't require as much time as it does like technique a little bit to Mm. where if you get it right, the great part is, is that a pin lives forever. And so if somebody finds this pin that you've pinned two years ago, It could still bring you traffic today, whereas on Instagram, it's like a 10 or 15 minute window and then it's gone, right? So the longevity of your pins on the platform, which is really beneficial to um, handmade sellers, right? And we're just, we can talk a little bit about what you do when you run out of stock, but I think that's really, really important when it comes to Pinterest is that people can come to your website from a pin two years ago, which is a great advantage. That is so true. Literally, when I look at the traffic stats to my my Create and Thrive blog, um, the I think the top five posts are all from they're all from Pinterest, and they're all from pins that are over five years old yeah. that are still driving traffic to this day. And talk about and, a return, right? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I've put so many pins on Pinterest over the years, and you never quite know at the time which ones are gonna go off and which ones aren't. So yeah, that's always a very interesting thing to see as well. Okay, so let's get back to the beginning. So Pinterest is a search discovery platform. I think this is really 
important to realize because I think people lump it together with social media and it really isn't social media. I mean, it kind of used to be a bit more, but not so much these days. I don't think people spend much time in the social element of Pinterest uh, no. from what I can see. Mm-mm. Although, you know, you can comment, but it's just not really a thing that people do. Uh, so it is a very different one. And this longevity factor, I think, is so under utilized or underthought of you know people put so much effort and time into their instagram posts or their facebook posts or their tiktoks or their reels or whatever like you said these things just they're very ephemeral they just disappear whereas if you put five minutes into making a nice pin and putting it on pinterest it could literally drive traffic for the rest of time (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) so it is so powerful okay so if somebody is is going okay this sounds good what do i need to do to get started on pinterest Yeah. So number one is have a business Pinterest profile. And I stress that because there's a lot of confusion with people, especially have been marketing on Instagram. They're like, should I keep it personal? Should I keep it business? If you're selling products, the terms of service require that you have a business account on Pinterest and you want one too, because you get a lot of great analytics Mm -hmm. and access to their ads platform. So right away, you want to have a business Pinterest profile that reflects who you are and what you do. Some people might have a personal one. They might have dabbled in using Pinterest for a while. You can update that and convert it to a business one. The biggest thing to think about is if I come to your profile, do I know what you sell? Do I know what your business name is and what you talk about? So it's really important to spend about an hour setting up your profile. That means getting the account, setting up your banner. It's very intuitive, just adding photos, your profile picture, your name, your description, fill all that out at the top, and then you can begin to create boards. And we think of these boards as categories for our business. So just like you might have different sections of your jewelry, or um, whether it's rings or earrings for men, for women, you want to be thinking of those categories that all the boards house those products or even content that you have. So begin by creating your first board, name it appropriately, just exactly what it is. Don't go cutesy or this looks amazing (laughs) and give it an actual title. And I would even move away from just jewelry for women, but be very specific because people will search sterling silver or gold or platinum, right? So then the next thing is a board description. And again, Pinterest will prompt you to move through all those pieces. Once you create the boards, which we recommend about five to 10, That will take you probably another hour or so. So I would plan on two hours to really set up your profile. Then you move to that second phase of creating pins. So I'll kind of pause there. And Mm -hmm. if there's any questions you have for me about setting up that profile, that really, once you set it up, you don't have to do a whole lot, which is great. There's not any of these algorithmic things like you have to change up your profile picture every three days or something like that. (laughs) It's Pinterest isn't that smart yet. So just Mm. set it like a storefront and then it will have a link to your website and then you can verify your website too. It's called claiming. That is very important as well Mm -hmm. because you want Pinterest to know that this profile is attached to this website. So if you have your own website and it doesn't go like directly to Etsy, you can do that. You can actually also claim your Etsy store by connecting on the back end too as well. So Pinterest does a good job at having these shop integrations. So complete all the settings in your profile, and then you really won't have to go back and do it again. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, it is quite simple once you get in there to set it all up. Uh, I do have a question about boards. Okay, so we're talking about setting up boards, uh, categories for your products. And how important is it these days to set up other boards and pin other people's pins? Mm. Like, should that be a part of your strategy anymore? Like yeah. back in the day, that was important because was. you had followers and you wanted to keep them engaged with your profile. But now it's different. Yeah, it's very different. I, I agree with you before boards were so important because you saw the rest of the board, like to the right of the pin, but now it's this weird thing where you really can't see it at all. You don't even know what board it originates. So the only real purpose for the board is the algorithm because Pinterest mm -hmm. reads the name of the board and the board description, and that gives the search clues as to where to show more of those pins to people who are searching or they're interested in that. So as far as uh, pinning other people's stuff, we don't recommend it anymore. And in fact, Pinterest has said, don't worry about that. Let the pinners, the people who are on Pinterest, let them pin your stuff. You mm -hmm. can go ahead and pin 100% of your own products, your own content. Because that lifestyle component of trying to create, cast a wide net around your person, it doesn't really exist anymore because their search function has gotten so laser focused that you really want to stay true to what it is you talk about or the products that you sell. Okay. That's really good information. Uh, and it definitely changes how some of us old, old pinners might uh, be interacting with the platform. Yep. Um, another question would be about, okay, so if you're transferring from a personal account, so you have a whole bunch of personal boards. Now there might be some of those personal boards you want to make secret because they don't at all relate to your business but there might be other ones that you know might have a kind of a lifestyle aspect to that should you should you leave them public or is it better to make them secret as well i would say if there's some you know are not a part of your brand at all you really just use them personally move those to secret if a board can't hold any of your products or content we also choose that as a rule to move it to secret. It might not okay. really benefit you simply because of how the algorithm works again, that if uh, we, Susie is our regular pinner or call her that <laughs> if she clicks on a pin in her home feed, and that happens to be housed on a board, what Pinterest thinks is Susie's really interested in this. And we're going to show her more around this topic, but we're going to first start from this board. So then we're going to show her more from there. And if you don't have any pins on there, the opportunity to connect with her and turn her into a customer is not very great. And so with, cause she doesn't really look at the board. She doesn't really see the profile. It's not in her frame of reference. So that being said, we do encourage you to move most of the stuff you have to a secret board. Okay. That's uh, I'm going to be doing some uh, Pinterest cleanup after this conversation. <laughs> totally. <laughs> some of those old boards can say bye-bye and go to yep. secret. So um, can you just explain for those who are like, what are we talking about? What is a secret board? Oh, okay. So a secret board is something that you have on your profile. Only you can see, and you can pin to it as much as you can. And no one will know that you're pinning. So a long time ago, they created these so that, um, a lot of people actually in the feed, cause it was chronological. People could figure out what's going on in your life. So if you were say <laughs> pregnant, everybody would know that. Why are you looking at baby clothes? So yeah. this secret board gave you an opportunity to do some secret pinning or even like for gift guides or somebody like that. So, you, mm. you know, you, you don't want to see what they're pinning, then you can move them to a place. So it's almost like 
secret pinning. That's what it mm-hmm. is. And I utilize those a lot because I don't like going back and forth between two profiles. I want to have yes. my business one. And then basically all my secret boards are personal and I can pin whatever I want. Doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I do exactly the same thing. I only have the one account and it's a business account, but I just have my, my personal stuff secret. Makes it easy. Don't have to mess around with multiple accounts. So yep. definitely. Okay. So what if you are just starting out or you only have a small number of products? Like how, what happens when you kind of run out of <laughs> yeah. run out of, of pictures to pin? Uh, like, is there something else you can be doing to, to keep sort of the process going? Yeah. So one of the great things about Pinterest is that you can utilize different types of images and use text overlay or don't use text overlay. So then it becomes an image strategy. So if you have 10 different products, you can do things like um, talking about the benefits of whatever that product is, or you can link to a category page, or you can link to an FAQ page, or you can even link to any blog posts that you have. You can create as many images as you want for one particular post, as long as it looks different. That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And with products, we highly stress that not only do you have the up close of the image, but you have something that might be in a bigger image. The right size is two to three, by the way, a thousand by 1500. You can have something that says shop the look, shop the collection. And it's a little square on your image. And people think it's a button. So they're like, oh, I'm going (laughs) to click on this, but it's not a button. It's just a pin. So that's a way to diversify less products that you have. Another way too is let's say you have sandals and you have four different kid sandals, four different colors of them. They're leather. You can show in four of those images, the sandal collection, and it can go to that page or it can go to that particular sandal. And I know I can choose from four different colors. So it's a little bit of a stretch out strategy, but there is that ability to create multiple types of images. Yeah, that's a good idea, like creating collages and yeah, sort of talking more about the product, maybe putting a quote for like a review quote from somebody, Mm -hmm. like overlaying onto the picture or something like that. So there there are lots of ways to kind of to do that. Some great ideas there. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got our we've got our profile set up. We've got our boards now. You mentioned about the board names. I think this is really important because when you think about, remember, Pinterest is a search platform. So I always stress this when I'm talking about SEO is you need to avoid the flowery language and stick to the keywords. Yes. <laughs> stick stick to the words that your customer will be using to search this thing. So that's the sort of things we want to be using as the board names and the Pinterest names as well, like the pin names, the yes. names of the pins. Um how important is the description and what's the deal with hashtags on Pinterest? <laughs> that is okay. So I'll answer the hashtag question first. Okay. So get okay. it out of the way. Um, <laughs> Pinterest is so confused. They, mm-hmm. um, in fact, even just recently with new accounts, they had something pop out that said, um, the wrong size of image that they have in all their other literature and then using <laughs> hashtags. Don't use hashtags for one reason. The people on the platform don't use them. So that's really important to note is that you never want to lead with a tool that's a marketer tool if nobody on the platform uses it. So what we will do is you have your image. It leads to your product. You're going to upload it to Pinterest. You're going to add a pin. There's a title, and that's just a simple uh, phrase, about 40 characters or less. 
And then it's going to give you a space for an alt text, kind of similar to what we have with SEO and accessibility as that's coming up even more important. And then we have a pin description and a pin description can be up to 500 characters. We recommend one to three sentences, not flowery language. Like you just said, <laughs> very similar to like a text to a friend. You're going to love these sandals. They're amazing. So comfortable, blah, 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 using those same things and then attach the URL. A lot of people get quick and they miss this because <laughs> they're adding everything and they forget to add the URL. You can edit a pin, but you can't edit someone else's pin that's pinned it. So once it's that snowball and it's out there, it's just out there. Mm -hmm. So we tell people it's really important to follow those check marks and benchmarks for when you upload the image, but don't include hashtags anywhere. I don't even know. <laughs> Pinterest has been like 20, no two, no, they highlight. No, they don't. Don't worry about them. Okay. This is so good because I've been so confused about this myself. I've like been trying to find the answer. I'm like, do I use them? Are they important? What? No, no, they're not. Yes, they are. I don't know. Yeah, I know. And you know, what's interesting is that Pinterest never introduced hashtags until August of 2018. And right. then in 2018, yeah. they were just like, again, all over the map. So you, a lot of people, what they did was they embraced it and they replaced mm. a keyword in that pin description with a hashtag. And what that oh, no. did was it broke that keyword search factor that the algorithm was looking for. So that's why I say, just don't use them and especially don't replace them with a keyword. That is how you would ruin any of that search <laughs> juice that you have. Right. So don't replace any keywords with hashtags. Don't worry about hashtags. Just write the stuff as it was, yeah. <laughs> make sure to think about those, those keywords and key phrases that people are going to be searching for and make sure you're using them in your titles and your descriptions and, uh, in your alt text as well. Would you just take the, the kind of the pin name and pop that in the alt text, or would you be a bit more descriptive perhaps? You know, I would be a li little bit more descriptive, mm -hmm. especially the same way that you would write it on your website. So if you mm -hmm. were uploading the image, um, use that same alt text, you know, just, uh, you know, phone on a black desk with white AirPods next to it and a pen. Mm -hmm. That's it. I would just do that. Okay, great. Nice and simple. Yeah. So, so this is, you said an interesting thing there about you can edit a pin, but once it's out there, it's out there. Does that mean if you go in and edit a pin six months later, it doesn't like go and change all the other instances of that pin? Correct. Oh. Exactly. The only exception mm -hmm. now, and this will get a little more detailed, which we don't have to go too far down this, but is... <laughs> If you have the shop tab, so okay. Pinterest has added the shop tab in certain integrations so that if a price needs to be updated and it's constantly pulling your catalog, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're out of stock or if it needs to be updated, that's the only time things will change across the platform, but right. a regular pin, no, it's, if you misspell something and that pin goes viral, <laughs> you're just going to have a misspelled pin forever. And it's just, that's how it works. Okay. So long story short, try to do it right the first time. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Yes. Okay. And uh, another thing I see people doing sometimes is when they upload a pin, they'll just like link to the homepage of their website. Yes. Okay. So uh, my opinion on that is please don't do that because it's annoying. Can we expand upon that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Thank you for bringing this up. Do you want to get more sales on Etsy? Etsy is a huge part of my business and the vast majority of my sales come from Etsy search. That means I have to optimize my Etsy SEO or search engine optimization in order to be found. And if you want to be found, you need to do the same. 
if you'd like some tricks and tips to help you optimize your search engine optimization on Etsy, head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO and you can download my Etsy SEO cheat sheet, which will teach you all of the tips you need to implement in order to make sure that you're getting your best possible ranking on Etsy search. That's createandthrive.com forward slash Etsy SEO to download that free cheat sheet right now. Um, so one of the things that people do is they get rushed or they link to the homepage and that breaks this customer experience. And mm. especially when it comes to a fashion or a jewelry, people really want to find what they want to find because either they've saved it for a gift guide or they've saved it for themselves. And so when you just link to the homepage, you make it really hard for them. And you know that earning a customer or earning somebody potentially to do a sale is hard for a small business. It's not mm. the same as a Target or an Amazon. So you have to work harder to get rid of those hurdles. So always make sure that your links go directly to the page that you want it to go to. Yeah. So if you're, if I'm pinning a, a specific pair of my earrings, I want to make sure that the URL link straight to those pair of earrings, not to like the top of of the yes. category or whatever, unless you're doing like a collage or one of those, what are, what are, they, what are they called now where there's multiple pictures? The uh, Oh, like a carousel. carousel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carousel yeah. of like multiple different earrings or something like that. Like then you might link to the category because yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're showing off a couple of different types of things. So that's a really important tip I think as well. Yeah. So let's now just briefly talk about the type of pins you can make. Cause there mm. are a couple of different type of pins. Uh, let's talk about what they are and how they're sort of tracking at the moment on Pinterest. Right. Okay. So for a long time, we've just had what we call standard pins. This is the pin that Pinterest started with. It's like their flagship, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now we have, um, video pins. So if you need to do any type of video and we suggest if you have some Instagram content, that's a short form video that you can put on Pinterest that just shows maybe scanning your, your product or something like that. That's a great thing to do to repurpose videos have to be less than a minute 30 because pinners are not interested in long form. It's kind of like when we saw short form on Facebook a couple of years ago, that's now popular on Pinterest. We do see some people tick, like repurposing their TikToks, um, <laughs> but we have seen a surge and now we see Pinterest going, uh-uh, pump the brakes. Like we're going to pull these to the background. So okay. video is a great one. You can do vertical again, a two to three. We actually recommend that because it gets seen in the feed better. And then there's this new thing called idea pins. And yes. so this is actually Pinterest's way of keeping people on the platform longer. Because like I said in the beginning, people go to Pinterest to look for ideas, save them, and then they go to the website. That's kind of this native pattern. Well, it means that people leave Pinterest all the time. Mm. And Pinterest was saying, hey, we want to make it really valuable for ad buyers to stay here. So we're going to have to keep people here. So they introduced this thing and it does not link. So this is where the homepage Mm. thing comes in a little bit. So... These also live forever. They're not bound by time like we see in Instagram story. And they're simply cards that roll through a how-to or the five best types of earrings for women or something like that. 
And then at the end, Pinterest puts its own card there that prompts people to follow you and to go to your Pinterest profile. So previous to this, we haven't seen a lot of people go to your profile. In fact, Mm -hmm. followers weren't important. Now they're kind of starting to be a little bit more important again, but not for the same like engagement metric that we see like on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So idea pins are a little bit frustrating for people because they can't get exactly what they want. So a little bit what we talked about with linking to that homepage just a minute ago. So what I recommend is people's homepage have a search function so that people can go. It's very easy to understand where people can go to find certain things because if you embrace idea pins and Pinterest is putting a lot of effort behind it. So what you'll see is if you do, you're going to get good engagement. You can get some follower growth. You're going to see more people come to your homepage. So in Mm -hmm. that sense, you want to be prepared to receive them and direct them, be a guide where you haven't really had to do that in the past. But we like them right now. They're about a year-ish old, a little more than a year. And we're seeing them fold across the world in all the platforms too. And I think there's been some tough adopting to it because (laughs) pinners are so used to clicking on a pin and going where they want to go. So what we've seen is these iterations of the Pinterest home feed kind of change with the distribution of those. I hear from a lot of people who are Pinterest users that they're frustrated by them because they Mm. don't link. I don't know if they will in the future. Pinterest has left it really open-ended, but -hmm. right now those are the three main ways with the bonus of a Pinterest ad, but the three main organic ways you can add a pin to Pinterest. So again, for somebody that doesn't have a lot of content, this is a way to stretch it out. Mm -hmm. Like you could do, you know, the five top, my top five best selling something, something or something like that. And then it could link through to your website. Yeah. Uh, would be a way to put together one of those idea pins. Thank you for explaining that. Cause I saw the idea pins come up and I'm like, I don't really understand the purpose of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, actually that brings up a really great point that I tell people if they're new to Pinterest is just play around on the platform. Mm. Look at what the new features are. Look at what you find in there, because that's how you really turn into a, a great Pinterest marketer. Cause you know what you like and don't like, and you know, a good example and a bad example. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So we've got our profile, we've got our boards. We understand about the types of pins we might be using. What should we be focused on when it comes to looking at our analytics? Mm. So when we have a business account, we have a whole analytics section, which is pretty overwhelming. I'll be honest for people, <laughs> especially newbies to, to any sort of analytics. It's not, it's not super intuitive and, and streamlined in Pinterest, mm-hmm. like it is in some of the other platforms. Um, so, I mean, when, what sort of metrics should we be worrying about or should we not be worrying about any metrics apart from click-throughs to our website? Like what, what is it that yeah. we should be wor- looking at here? Number one, click-throughs, right? Like right. you called it because that's somebody who took an action and they came to your website. Number two, you want to look at saves and this can be found on Pinterest analytics. So we tell people go explore, click around, see what's there. And so look at saves because what that means is they found it valuable enough to come back later, especially speaking to that buy in three to six months. And then the third one is you can look at views for your videos or views for idea pins. Impressions is okay, but to be truthful, it's been a little bit of a, a misleading metric and a lot of people get caught up in it. And on your profile on Pinterest, there's this thing like monthly views and it is just sends people over the edge when it goes up and down. 
So the other thing to note too, is that Google analytics will look different than Pinterest analytics. Pinterest tends to attribute a higher number of clicks than Google does. Also, there's been a recent change in Google as of January to where you used to be able to see exactly the pins that were driving the traffic. You still can on some level, but it's more going to pinterest.com slash. So it's like Mm -hmm. all grouped in together, but I still like to go into the acquisition, all traffic, then it's referrals and Pinterest to see which pins are driving traffic. So that's what I would say once a month too. That's my rule. Don't look at your <laughs> analytics all the time. I know there's people that I like have it on their phone and everything. Don't do that. With Pinterest, <laughs> you want to just do once a month and you want to get a holistic view of what's working, what's not working. And I think as sellers too, a really important thing to note is that what we hear from our sellers is that it's a lot of cold leads. Whereas Instagram is a lot of warmer leads because they've watched your stories. They've been warmed up. Mm -hmm. And so you have to use the platforms very different. And the data is very different too. So it feels kind of frustrating sometimes on Pinterest with looking at the data because it feels slow and it is Pinterest is a slow burn. So if you're going to invest in it and you're going to look at those analytics, we tell people give it six to nine months. Mm-hmm. By month three, you're going to feel like throwing in the towel and you're like, nothing's working. I promise it's going to work. <laughs> I think that's very wise. And look, it goes to anything in business. Don't expect a quick fix. Yeah. Don't expect it to Those work overnight. <laughs> no, that's it. It's so funny. I've just recently started a new YouTube channel just as a hobby. And it's so weird to be at the beginning of something again, because it's been ages and you realize you get caught up in it. Like, oh, look, I got one subscriber. Oh my God, (laughs) I should be getting more. And I'm like, no, no, remember it's at the beginning, you know, it's very different at the beginning to when you've been doing it for years and years and you have some traction and you have some experience with the platform. So yeah, you have to have that patience to kind of go with it. But, but honestly, with something like Pinterest, it's so easy to just do a little bit. And then do a little bit more like for someone who is doing all of the things with their business, what sort of, you know, schedule would you recommend they have when it comes to pinning? Such a great question. So I'll kind of back up from big broad into down to the week. So number one, I would say uh, once a month, uh, usually the second or third of the month, set aside a time block in your calendar for an hour, just to look at analytics, uh, what worked, what didn't work. And there are tools on Pinterest that you can walk through where you can add tags to your website to see what your conversions are. And those are for organic tools too. So just also know that those are there. And then weekly, what you should be doing is scheduling. So I do use a scheduling tool. There's several options out there that are approved by Pinterest to plan out when my pins are being dripped out to Pinterest. Those are the standard pins. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. recommend scheduling videos or idea pins. So I'll sit down on Sunday, I'll do some pin creation. I am not good at pin creation. In fact, I'm the worst on my team. So I love Pinterest templates where I purchase those. We sell them, other people sell them. And then Canva, you can build your own. Mm -hmm. But I use that because it makes it quicker because I just get all gnarly and in knots when I'm trying to do an image for something. And in fact, that's what takes me the most time. So find the places where you see that you could potentially be spending a lot of time Mm -hmm. and try to put in things in place that will help that go faster. So Sunday image creation, video creation, and then um, probably doing like one to three a day is what we recommend. You can even do a little bit more up to five a day, or sometimes I'll do seven, but I have a lot of content so I can Mm -hmm. cycle through a lot. 
And then idea pins. We recommend you start with one idea pin a week. And those can take, um, I mean, we have a tool where you can do three idea pins in an hour. So we've been able to, to master that. And I think once you understand that, you can do that too. So that brings us up to right around five to seven hours a month that you're mm-hmm. going to be spending. Whereas we know people who spend five to seven hours a week on Instagram or other places. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's a good gauge, especially if you're doing it all your own. And then uh, the other thing I tell people is just, just do kind of the bare minimum to do a presence on there, but really understand why you're using it. I think that's the motivator when you feel like something's taking time is how do you want to reach your ideal customer there? And that is helpful when you're spending hours on images or you're frustrated by it. And then you can know, okay, I'm doing this for this amount of time in order to invest to get this customer. But if somebody came to me and they were spending more than, I mean, if they were spending more than five hours a week on Pinterest, I would be cautious. Like Mm -hmm. that's a little bit too much. You can pull it back and try to plan ahead. Scheduling tools are so helpful and there Mm -hmm. is no algorithmic benefit to scheduling on the platform versus a scheduling tool. A lot of people get caught up in those tactical mm-hmm. things. It doesn't matter. Schedule it out. Okay. So let's talk briefly about scheduling. Number one, what are the tools that you would recommend? And number two, is there a perfect time to be pinning mm-hmm. to Pinterest? Okay. I'll tackle the time one first. Um, mm-hmm. Because the feed is no longer in what we, when I say feed, I mean the home feed, what you open up your app and you look at. There's no chronological time frame to it anymore. It's all based on what your interests are, who you follow, and then what Pinterest thinks you might like, and then also promoted pins. So it's kind of this hobble jobble of like everything. A pin in there can be 15 days old or six months old. Like, so that being said, there's no perfect time. So scheduling some of the tools will give you feedback as to when they think the best time is, but we're all kind of guessing. So mm-hmm. just go with their <laughs> suggestion. Um, I like, uh, tailwind is one of them. I mm-hmm. also like Planoly a lot and I have used later as well. We've done a review of quite a bit of them. And what we tell people is look for ones that make you more productive. Mm-hmm. If they have a free trial, try it to see if you like it. And we know a lot of people use Instagram scheduling and all three of those tools have an Instagram scheduler to make it all in one. So those are the ones I prefer. That's excellent. I've used Tailwind and I use Later. I have a video on my channel, actually, uh, if those of you who want to check that out, of how to use Later for Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook scheduling. Uh, and you can do that for free at, you yeah. know, to a certain point, which is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, scheduling is great because you can just get it all out of the way in one <laughs> hit rather than like having to remember every day, oh, I need oh to gosh, pin I would something always today. Forget. I would never be able to do it <laughs> manually. Yeah. The, I mean, the other option, like something I often would do is I'll have a little reminder to like sit down and just hop on my website and pin five things, Yeah, you know, once, once a week, better than nothing, you know, gets, keeps, keeps things going out there. So, you know, something is better than nothing, I think is the yes. important thing here and just keeping that drip feed happening. Now let's talk about pinning the same thing. Like, okay. Mm. So I say I pin, I go to my website and I just pin one of my product photos if I then go back in three months time and pin the same product photo, what's totally the deal okay. there? 
It's yeah. totally okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. That's a kind of a stretching strategy too, that we use because we never know, uh, which pin, especially on a different board. So if you have three to four boards where that pin could go totally acceptable for you to pin again to another mm-hmm. board and Pinterest knows that this happens. They just don't want you to pin back to back to back to back. Right. And especially because now when you go to a profile, it has the words created and saved mm-hmm. and it defaults to created, which shows every single pin that you've pinned. And so we see people who pin the same thing 15 times in a row. And that's all we <laughs> see at the top of their profile. So just to avoid doing that. So there's no like, um, so even if it has like the same title and, and description and stuff, there's no yeah. like negative ramifications to that. No, Pinterest loves the first pin. That's kind of the best Mm -hmm. way to say it. So the first pin holds the most power. So if you're going to pin something, you want to make sure that it goes to the board that closely matches it so that Pinterest knows how to categorize it. Mm -hmm. So with that, your first pin is most important. The other ones are like supporting characters. They're just going to be there to support the other one. And should, when I pin something, because this is a strategy I know I've used in the past, I've pinned something to a board and then I've just saved it to three of my other boards. Mm-hmm. Should you be doing that or should you be like coming back and repinning fresh pins to those boards in the future? What's better? Yeah. Well, you brought up that phrase fresh pin and mm. that's really only the first one, which is interesting. Okay. Oh, so okay. unless you have a totally new image that doesn't mm-hmm. look the same. So you can take and drip out those pins to other boards. And I like to use the scheduler for that reason. So with mm-hmm. Tailwind, then I'll say, I want this pin to go to these three boards, uh, 20 days apart. And then it just does it magically for me. I love that feature <laughs> of Tailwind. Um, and then if I want to come alongside and create a totally new image, I can do the same thing and then I can pin it there and it goes out to all those other boards. It looks totally different. I can use different words, different colors, and it does, it's still a good user experience. And it's trying to connect with a different pinner based on what they might be searching because, Mm -hmm. you know, Pinterest can read the images too. So they'll look at, if you have text on there, they'll look for the product placement and try to match it up there. So it's a little bit of a, it's more of an art than a science. Like it Mm -hmm. is this, Add it to the platform, but don't go overboard. Add, right. you know, create a little bit of that. And what I also love is there's not a lot of missteps you can make. Like on mm-hmm. Instagram, it's like, don't pin it or don't say this or don't do this or don't do this time. <laughs> that's not the same with Pinterest. You kind of just get it up there and that's the most important thing. Just exactly get it on the platform. Yep. <laughs> so from what I'm hearing there, there's not actually, if you're pinning the same picture, it's not really, doesn't really matter if you're repinning it or if, sorry, saving it. I still use the old language. I know, me too. Uh, <laughs> if you're saving it or if you're like pinning it from fresh from your website, it's kind of the same thing really. Yeah. To, ex- according to Pinterest. According to Pinterest. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was some okay. speculation that one was different than the other, but we haven't seen that. Okay. Well, that's really good to know, actually, because I've always wondered about that, if it, if it actually made a difference. So thank you. Yeah. I'm learning a lot from this. Good. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So um, I think we've covered most of the basics. One thing I do want to ask you about, though, is the shop feature. Uh, now, I believe we don't have it yet here in Australia. I think okay. they're only having it in certain countries uh, so for those of you, for those of you listening who are in countries that have it, can, can you, Kate, just explain what it is and how makers might be able to use it? Yeah. So they have two things. They have one called the verified merchant program, and then they have the shop tab. 
when you join the verified merchant program, you get the shop tab, but you can also do different integrations with Shopify or with big commerce or any other integrated platform with Pinterest to get this shop tab. It's I'll say that like, even though we have it here in the U S and Canada, and I believe um, the UK has it too, it is still really clunky to mm-hmm. get approved. And so if it, when it comes to Australia, look at the shop tab first, because what then it will do is pull the right catalog, the right prices, the right inventory. And Pinterest is putting a lot of effort behind shopping. They don't want to be a platform where it's the point of sale. They still Mm -hmm. want to send people to your website. And I think that's really important because you don't have to worry about the integrations on Pinterest, keep it all on your website, but you have to, um, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. So Mm -hmm. Pinterest says they're going to put a lot of effort behind it. We know it's going to be important in 2022 as well. We just think we have to get through a lot of these glitches. So hopefully we'll get through all the glitches here. And then when it gets to you guys, it'll be fantastic. Um, But I highly recommend it for um, if anybody has any Shopify, um, if they use Shopify at all, the integration is almost seamless. That is where we have heard the least amount of bumps. Mm-hmm. But the verified merchant program, Pinterest is pushed back based on privacy policy, terms and conditions, return policy, shipping policy, names, like if your shop name is different than your website name. So it's a good thing mm-hmm. and I like it, um, but it's got some drawbacks right now. Right. So watch so for it. Right. So it's still in development basically. Yes. At this point. Correct. Okay. And what about Etsy sellers? You know, for Etsy sellers, I would say the biggest thing is to claim your Etsy shop with Pinterest because then you can see the analytics of people coming from Pinterest to your shop. But mm-hmm. that's pretty much it right now. We haven't heard of anything else as far as shop integrations. Most are off the third-party platforms. Mm-hmm. And so if you're on any of the other ones, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, Shopify, that's where we're seeing the shop tab, but not so much with Etsy. Okay. That's good to know as well. So for those of you who kind of have both, like I do, I've got my Etsy shop and then I have my WooCommerce mm. website, then I might be able to use the shop tab for yeah. some of that, but but not for the Etsy stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So watch this space basically and keep an eye on it, but it, yep. it sounds like it's going to be a great thing. I think it will be too. Yeah. Especially for, for us, for sellers. Okay. Um. Wow. We've covered a lot. <laughs> We did. Power hour. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we haven't covered that you think is really important for beginner to in, like beginner to intermediate Pinterest users to know about the platform or about how to use the platform at this right. stage? Um, well, I think we've covered a lot. I think the final mm-hmm. thing I would walk away with is before you even dive in, spend time on the app, see how things work, go from a pin if you have pins on there to your website, just to watch the integrations, like really put yourself in the shoes of the buyer. Is it easy? Does it make sense? Because if you don't have that, then you can't tweak and change anything. Plus this allows you to use Pinterest overall to understand what you like and what you don't like. So I would say that's a big thing. And then decide why you're using it. I tell a lot of people, the strategy part is the why the tactics are the how. But a lot mm-hmm. of people go with tactics first instead mm-hmm. of the why. So why are you using Pinterest? What advantage does it have for your business? And that is really going to keep you going when you're frustrated. And I think Pinterest is a long-term player. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's pretty unique. It's differentiated from all the other platforms. 
And so marketing on the platform is a really good idea. It just takes some patience. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I always talk about um, kind of one of the differences between Pinterest, uh, sorry, focusing on something like Pinterest and focusing on something like Instagram is the business model you have. Like if you, if your business model is, is based on getting customers and then having them come back to you over and over again and buying from you over and over again, then perhaps Instagram and social media is a really good choice because you're creating that warm relationship yeah. with them. Whereas if you have a business that is more focused on getting one-off sales, so say you, you know, like a lot of my, a big chunk of my business is wedding ring sales, right? So yeah. hopefully then I'll come back more than once right. um, for that particular product. I'm more focused on getting new people in the door. So for me, something like Pinterest is really good. It's, and it's much better than Instagram because I'm reaching those new cold people who then might come through and end up becoming a customer because they're looking for a very specific thing for a one-off event. Right. Yeah. So true. hundred percent. We see that with a lot of our students too, who do one-off products. Pinterest mm -hmm. is a great place for them. Um, and then Instagram might be a place where they go to connect with their customers later. Yeah, exactly. And if you are in any of the sort of, you know, and, and I think this goes for, I'm trying to think of anyone who wouldn't be in this category, but you know, if you, if your products somehow relate to fashion, decor and home, events, weddings, you know, birthdays, any, any of that stuff that people are using to, you know, that people have in their lives that they're going to be using Pinterest to plan for. I think it's pretty much everybody, you know, your stuff's going to fit somewhere in one of those categories. So Pinterest yes. is going to be a great choice to get your stuff in front of people who are looking to buy. And I think that's the huge difference. I know a lot of people do end up buying from people they follow on Instagram and Facebook and etc. But I feel like Pinterest is like the number one platform. Mm -hmm. People actually go there to plan and plan yep. stuff that they're going to buy that they really want to buy. And that's yes. the aim of it. Um, I think there are some stats around that, but that's definitely a big plus to the platform. Yeah, I think it's uh, Pinterest informs like 83% of the purchases that pinners buy. So it has a mm -hmm. huge impact on what they eventually purchase. So yeah, agreed. Shopping is, if you sell something, Pinterest is the place to be. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that note, I think that's a great place to finish up. Kate, thank you so much. If people want to learn more from you, perhaps they want to work with you and your team, where can they go to find more? Yeah, they can go to simplepinmedia.com and just follow the prompts at the top. We have lots of free resources, the podcast, and then you'll see services and then our products in our community. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. I've learned a lot. I'm sure everybody listening has learned a lot. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. You bet. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would be awesome, awesome, awesome if you could take a moment to leave a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts or over on the Create and Thrive Facebook page. So just look for Create and Thrive on Facebook and you can leave a review for the podcast over there. I would love to know what you thought of the show. You can also share it with your community. Uh, this is, I think, especially useful one for anyone you know who is a maker, who is, you know, not quite sure about how to do the Pinterest thing. Make sure to share this with them. You can take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories. If you do, make sure to tag me at Create and Thrive so I can reshare it on my own stories and say thank you. 
and uh, just send some people towards the podcast if you think they'll find it helpful. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back again soon with another episode. Until then, you can always catch me over on my YouTube channel where I release a new video every single week on how to have a thriving and profitable handmade business and a healthy and happy work from home lifestyle. That's youtube.com forward slash Jess Van Den. Thanks again and I'll catch you soon. Bye for now.